An octopus walks into a bar, flash forward 10 years, and he's married with two human children. Welcome back to the Analog Sticks Podcast, where this week we're clumsily playing as a fish out of water in Octodad, Dadliest Catch. Let's go. Let's go. Hello and welcome to Analog Sticks. My name is Rusty, his name is Cody, Hello. and we're going to be channeling both our inner dad and octopus. But before we do, I've got a couple of things I need to get off my chest. I'm sure you're kind of in the same boat here. First, I'd like to say that if you guys are new here from the last video I made about Link's hands or anywhere else by that matter, welcome. This is a podcast, so it's a little bit different, a lot less structured. It's not for everybody. If you don't like it, I won't resent you. It's fine. Hope you can enjoy it anyways. Secondly... If you've been here since before the Zelda video and you haven't seen that, go watch it. I'm going to brag and say that I think I actually did a really, really good job on it. Thirdly, I want to apologize for the kind of unannounced break we went on. Uh, Cody's in the end of semester grind and I got married last week. That was fun. We might touch on that a little bit. And uh, lastly, one more thing. I had it written down here. Where is it? Oh, lastly, Cody, how are you doing? <laughs> You have to have a note for that to ask how I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't really care. No, I'm joking. You're great. Uh, do you want the, the fun podcast answer or the real answer? Give me the fun podcast <laughs> one first, and then let's get the real one. Fun podcast answer? I've been busy. I've been doing a lot. I've been uh, getting that work done. The not fun answer is, man, it's been a rough couple weeks. It's uh, just <laughs> a lot to... There's been a lot to do. The only good thing that I've done... So far these past few weeks has been going to your wedding that was like yeah. the highlight and uh now you know back to real life i gotta get so much schoolwork done I've, I've got a group project this semester it's one of those projects where i am the only one doing anything Ooh. it just drags everything else down it sucks yeah, that sounds like a bad time. The wedding was a good time, though. Again, thank yes, you was. for being my thank you for being my best man. That's appreciated. Oh, anytime. You didn't lose the rings. That's a good thing. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was a good time. Also, we did a gender reveal at the wedding. For those of you who do don't know, yes. my now beautiful wife is also pregnant with a boy. Woo! So that's cool. He's gonna be a Zelda fan in a few years, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> What's gonna be? Um, how are you gonna intro him to Zelda? I'm going to hand him, like, Wind Waker or Breath of the Wild. I don't know which one yet, and just say, have at it. And Heck if yeah. he likes it, he likes it. If not, he goes to Mario. <laughs> you got to make sure that it's not obvious that you need him to like it. You got to, like, casually, you know, give it to him, and then just be like, here's a game. <laughs> and just trust that it's good enough, you know? That's kind of what I'm hoping. I mean, those are great games, and they had that effect on me, and I'm thinking if I can get him into the GameCube ones before the Switch ones, ah. Uh, locked down but it's fun stuff anyways in order to pr since we did do all the wedding stuff and all this baby stuff is coming up i thought it'd be a good idea to practice my much needed soon to be dad skills and cody could probably use the practice on the octopus skills so we compromised this week and we're covering octodad dadliest catch it's really important i get my octopus practice in so thank you Yep, he might not have wrists, but he sure does have lots of legs. Anyways, Cody, Damn before <laughs> before this week, had you had any experiences with this game? Had you picked it up at all? Had you played it? Or oh yeah, way back in like middle school, you know when it was like uh, Markiplier and 
PewDiePie and all playing it. <laughs> you know, little me just had to get that game and, and play it a bit. Um, <laughs> recently, though, no. Uh, <laughs> not much experience. That's all right. That's all right. Well, I'll I'll be sure to fill everybody in. But personally, I saw this game. I was not a big YouTube kid when I was 13. I was playing outside with my friends and getting my ass kicked all the time. You, a freaking normie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are some stories that you guys, if you listen back, you'll, you'll hear all about my childhood escapades of falling down a lot, basically. We could make a compilation one day. We could. We really could. Maybe a best of when we're, like, really crunching. But <laughs> nonetheless, we... This was a game that I saw on YouTube actually last year. Somebody did a speed run of it, and I'm like, oh, that looks fun. I want to try it. And it wasn't too expensive, so I bought it. And I'm like, oh, this game is really exactly what it looks like. It's straightforward. It's a lot of fun stuff. <laughs> it's very fun. I, I remember so, it being really fun. Yeah, so seeing as I'm basically a professional Octodad now, I wrote a burn for this game. Awesome. And for those of you who don't know what a burn is, it's basically a quick snap, snap, snap recap of the story. Cody, are you ready for this? It's been so long. I'm so ready. All right. <laughs> it opens up with song lyrics, and I'm already dreading it. <clears throat> it's like rain on your wedding day. An octopus marries a human, and that's not setting up for a joke. That's just kind of what happens. Flash forward 10 years or so, and we're living the American dream as we wake up to an alarm and cater to our family's every need. After taking care of everything around the house, we go off to get some groceries. Calamari, anyone? After evading death in the Quickie Mart, we take our family on a dreaded trip to the aquarium, and after making sure our kid's day is going swimmingly... Our wife seems a little fishy. After another damp flashback, we end up in deep water and have to sneak past some marine biologists to save our family from the sushi chef and rekindle our deep-seated love. <laughs> you had to just throw in sea at the end there, didn't you? <laughs> Did I do enough ocean sea animal puns? <laughs> it's been pretty good so far. Oh boy, I hope you're done with those. I'm probably actually I don't have anything else written as far as puns go I don't think so oh, if it's so if it's gonna happen it'll be on the fly and it's gonna be even worse than those ones that I actually wrote up <laughs> there it is audience if you hear any puns from now on this is this is real we're making it up as we go <laughs> anyways all bad puns aside maybe I don't know this game actually does have a pretty decent but simple story Cody, what are your thoughts on the game's plot? I don't want to get too spoilery here. Yeah, Some well, people might not have played it. I'm trying to remember. Um, are you trying to hide the fact that you're an octopus, or are you just an octopus trying to live? So people around you don't know you're an octopus, despite you being an octopus, and you basically have to blend into society. And, and there's also there, there's no like disguise, right? You're you're an octopus with a suit on, and people just don't see it. It's a lot like uh, We Bear Bears. If you've seen that, they're all bears, but no one acknowledges that. <laughs> it just kind of happens. Mm -hmm. Sounds about like everything else in my life. Without <laughs> getting too spoilery, though, I'd say the story does a good job at conveying a nice enough, simple kind of. Uh, can you even call this an indie game? I'd say it's a big indie game as far as development team it has a big indie game plot where they actually do convey a pretty decent story but it's really just a vehicle for the gameplay and i think it works if you based on what knowledge you have do you think it felt forced or was it more of a natural flowing experience totally natural from what i remember it's um you get really focused on trying to deal with the controls so all the gameplay that comes up is great there's like 
if I remember right, there's totally absurd, ridiculous moments where you come up to these situations where it's just like, what is even going on? But, you know, in the end, yeah. you, you get through it. Good enough. Yep. Get by with a little help from your friends, except your friends are your kids and your wife. Now that we've already hit the record button, let me go ahead and get a soda real quick. Okay, I'll talk about the story. Personally, <laughs> I felt it was a little bit forced. It has a natural progression. It doesn't feel forced in that sense. But personally, I thought it was a little forced in the sense that it felt kind of shoehorned in, shoehorned in as strictly a vehicle for the gameplay there. All in all, it's not bad, though. If I were to change the storyboard for this game, I don't think I would. I don't think there's much that needs to be changed as far as the story goes. Cody's back. Welcome back. Just in the sense, I, I think it's fine. I know, honestly, I think there's nothing wrong with the story, but mm -mm. it works. What really makes this game good, though, is the way it's designed as far as controls and gameplay go. And now I know that this is what you remember, because this is the whole selling point of the game. Oh, it's so fun. Um, let's see how detailed I can remember these controls. Uh, was it... So you've got eight arms, right? I'm trying to remember, you don't control I think they're in every pairs single of arm two. at the same... Yeah, that's what it is. Pairs of two, you have to manage both walking and grabbing stuff, right? Oh, yeah. And, and you, you get... have complete control over each limb individually. Yeah, so is it like you hold a button down and then move the limb with your with the stick? With the mm -hmm. analog stick? Oh, see what he did there? Oh. Self-plug. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, here's the uh, can opening. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to try to hide it. I'm going to put it right up to the mic so everybody can hear. I think your microphone might have cut that out. At least it did on the call. I don't know. <laughs> oh, they're definitely getting this on the local recording. I can tell you that. Oh, it's good to hear. Nonetheless, though, this game with how it works, I say nonetheless a lot. I got to stop that. But <laughs> anyways, you have control over each limb. I personally played the Switch version of Octodad, Dadliest Catch. I think on PC, it's probably mapped a little bit better, but basically you... But it's more fun on controller. Oh, it's more hellish which makes it better because it's funnier <laughs> but basically you have to try to control each limb individually and the whole thing is you're trying to blend into society and progress that this shoehorned in story and it's not easy to control this is one of those games you had a couple examples i can't think of any off the top of my head where the controls aren't good and that's the point of the game yeah so here's where i come in with my with my little design talk What's so interesting to me about this game and other games like it, I, I don't have a word for the genre this would be, but I, I count this game among others like Quop, if, uh, if you remember playing that on the browser way back in the day, or uh, Surgeon Simulator, where, you're, where each key or each button is a different finger and you're trying to get that to work. I'm sure there's a, oh, Toast. I am Toast? Is that what it was called? Do you remember that one? I do not. I did not I did not evolve <laughs> to use the internet till I was like 18 so <laughs> so all those games are examples of games where the the entire challenge of it is trying to work with the controls which is so fascinating to me cuz you know typically in a game controls that are difficult and get in the way make the game less fun <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so I love how these games I don't know. They just tackled it head on. They're like, not only are these controls going to be difficult, but they're going to be hellish. No one is going to like them. It's going to be fun. 
<laughs> you're gonna and they play. nail it. I yeah. don't know how they make bad controls desirable, but they do it. That's like the whole point of the game. It's well, it's like a. Do you remember that one other game? Getting over it, I think, is the name of it. Where you're the guy in a pot with a hammer. Oh, get over yeah. it. That game's actually really cool. I love that. Oh, that's another one of those ones where it's just. That one actually does have a pretty decent control scheme. It's very simple and can be frustrating, but it's I, I'd say it's polished. This one, on the other hand, I, I could still say it's pretty polished, but it's polished in the sense that they rubbed up a muddy boot. I mean, yeah, it's goofy. The whole thing is you're trying to move this character around, and they know it's not going to be easy. So basically, you get rewarded for controlling well, and you get punished for controlling bad. And the whole thing is... As you run into people, knock stuff over, do something you're not supposed to do, people start to catch on to you. They're like, this guy's acting a little fishy. And uh, sure enough, <laughs> see, off-the-cuff fish fun. Uh, <laughs> Sus. Anyways, so like you're going around and people in the store are like, hey, why is he walking up the shelves or in the freezer or anything along those lines? And you basically have to try to blend into society, and that's kind of the whole point of this game. It's it's simple, but it works. <laughs> so that's interesting, because my... And, and this is me, of course, the whole time I'm going to be trying to reach back and remember when I did play it. I feel like you, if you wanted to, you could just climb up anywhere, right? Like, you could go on the ceiling if you're good enough. Technically, like, the game uh, lets you do that with the have, right? I am unaware of that, if that's something that can happen. So you just try to, like, to see walk normally like a person the whole time? <clears throat> you look like you're taking really, really long strides most of the time. Yeah. And what happened to me a lot was my leg, because when you just, when your analog stick, shout out again, is in the neutral position, your foot <laughs> just goes straight up in the air. <laughs> awesome. So it was a lot of foot goes straight up, straight out. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks tacky, but it works. I personally just played it on easy the first time to burn through, played it on the, I think it's normal. I don't think I played it on hard. I'm not sadistic. We don't uh, we don't discriminate easy mode players on this podcast. Yeah, if I just want to experience a game, I'm usually just going to play it on easy. If I like it enough, I'll go back. And that was kind of what I did here and it was it was a lot of fun. I think it works well in the yeah. sense that they deliver a fun experience with these restricted they're not even really restricted. It's a very wide open move set like you're saying. Not like a vast, expansive, you can do all sorts of different things, but the possibilities with, with what you are given are amazing. Yeah. Oh, another game that falls in the same category, Human Fall Flat. Have you played that one? I have not. <laughs> we need to play that one together and make an episode out of it. We'll, we'll play it, record it, upload it, and you guys can watch me cry. I do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Off camera. <laughs> Sometimes on camera, depends on the circumstances, but I think the physics engine in this game, I don't I don't know how familiar you're going to be with it. I think it's it's nothing like any crazy Breath of the Wild or anything like a physics engine simulator, but they do a good job at the way that they applied physics to every object in the game. And it's kind of just a lot of like ragdoll stuff, but it works really well. And I think that that's nice because if you're trying to grab like one specific can on a shelf and you smack it, it's going to go flying, and you're going to have to go track it down somewhere. Yeah. And I think that's a really neat gameplay loop that it can lead to. Yeah, where it's not the um, it's not the game setting up the total challenge. It's a mistake you make kind of sets yourself up for more. It can make it worse. It can also make it better, though, and I think that's beautiful. Mm -hmm.
I'm just gonna say I'm gonna cut that last part because that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless you guys want eating ASMR, but nonetheless, <laughs> do you think that this game has a good progression system? And I mean, it is level based, of course, so yeah. you're not getting like any better or worse. But do you think that they reward you in making you feel more accomplished after each level, for instance? I think the the difficulty curve is very appropriate. Pretty fun. Like the I know the you start out at home, right, or like in your backyard. Correct. Yeah, and then you go to the store. Yes. It's so each level is just like a more and more complicated situation. I really like that, and I think they did a great job with uh, slowly ramping up that difficulty. So by the end, you're at least, I assume, you're having to juggle a lot of stuff. Challenges are really up there. Yeah, some of the challenges definitely do get harder, and I feel that it's not even like a good difficulty curve in the sense like, take a Metroid game or anything like a Souls game where you have to master the mechanics and really figure out exactly what's going on in order to progress. You can stumble your way through it at times, but the challenges do get progressively more difficult and in my opinion they get a little bit better it's not hey give your daughter chocolate milk and cook some burgers and mow the lawn it's hey you got to sneak through this and get this thing and if the marine biologists see you they know a fish when they see one <laughs> if something's getting fishy they can tell and it's it's a very good way to progress the difficulty a little bit there just making an npc that's more good at noticing fish <laughs> i nice. love the idea that only a marine biologist could see through his disguise like, wait a second you're not a human are you if we're gonna jump the area design which i, I think we can for a second here uh -huh. one of the things they do in the scene of the aquarium is they have posters of a marine biologist and it's like marine biologists know a fish when they see one <laughs> <laughs> just like oh god <laughs> which i think that does kind of segue us into the level design a little bit we'll loop back yeah. on a couple of other things i want to touch on as well as far as the level design goes i mean we kind of laid them all out there it's an indie game so it's not like there's a vast crazy map it's not open world there's basically three levels one of them being much larger than the other two there's your house which can go into your backyard there's the grocery store which has a couple kind of sectioned off areas there and then there's the aquarium which kind of has a hub area three smaller sections, and then there's, like, the final stretch or whatever. As far as what you remember from this game, what do you think of the level design, or the area design more specifically? Um, I remember... Neutral. Like, it's not bad. It's not, um... I don't have anything that comes to my mind that's like, wow, incredible. But it, um... does its job. I think you're 100% on the nose with that. They gave you a house, a grocery store, and an aquarium and said, have at it. Yeah. <laughs> some of the little stuff, like they have some nods, posters on the wall, some theming that they use throughout that I think does really well. Like, the son is obsessed with this guy, Sports Johnson. And they have like a bunch of that stuff all throughout. And I think it's really nice. They built their own world pretty well. But again, it's just kind of a house, a grocery store, and an aquarium. And yeah. It's fine. Neutral, as you were saying. Sounds like there's a lot of good detail in the world that kind of contributes world build. Yeah, a lot of it probably goes over my head as well, because I'm not the most investigative eye, inquisitive person. I'm just kind of like, yeah, there's a poster on that wall, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who just gets it done. 
Yeah, that's why I like watching Zelda theories on YouTube so much, because I'm never going to notice this stuff, but if you point it out to me, I'm like, oh, that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> I love that stuff. Shoutouts to Zeltic and Bandit Games and all those other guys. There's a bunch of them missing. They're should, all so good. Should try to make a Zelda theory when the new one drops. My thing is, I'm too dumb for that. <laughs> what if we What if we did a parody? Like, we make a Zelda theory just so dumb. Funny. We could. We could do a parody. Speaking of parodies of other YouTubers, our guy Blooms, he did an episode with us, very gracious. Uh, he did a parody of Summoning Salt style. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that one. I think I did see that one. He did a spoof of Summoning Salt in the world record crap episode of South Park. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was really good. It was really good. I love how I think that's maybe our lane. Summoning Salt's style is is so it's good. It's a bit formulaic, but it's so good that even when he's talking about taking a shit in South Park speedrun, it just sounds professional. Like, this is a serious thing we're talking about, you know? Just because the style's tried and true. Mm -hmm. Works so well. <laughs> That's the only thing I will say about Summoning Salt, though, is he is very good at what he does. Just, like, I feel like if he was not even more enthusiastic, like... He's a little monotone at times, not to criticize. I think he's amazing. It's just like, I don't even know why I would want him to have more energy because I love his videos as is, but like, I feel like he's a little dull at times. Whereas we're over here like, hi, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loud equals funny. That's my motto. <laughs> Perfect. Back to Octodad. Now that we're done talking about spoofing other YouTubers and summoning salt. Our, our least wanna... focused episode ever so far. Well, I mean, honestly, we'll, we're going to be real with you guys. If you're still listening at this point, you know what's going on. We are throwing something at you because we feel bad that we haven't been able to really work on stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's been <laughs> we a have busy been season. so busy. We have a couple big ones like planned for over the holidays. We've got some games to play and some things to talk about that we're looking forward to. So yeah. stick with us till then. But in the meantime, I would like to talk on the character models of this game. The graphics are nothing groundbreaking. They are fine. Character models are a little little on the low-poly side, but not like Ocarina of Time or anything like that. They're more akin to Wind Waker, I would say. Not as pretty looking. I don't like the lighting engine. Yeah. But what do you think about the character models? Do you think they are effective designs? Oh, I think they're great. I like them. I like the design of Octodad. How they, um... It's like his whole octopus body is his head, and then his legs just kind of fill out everything else. He has that suit on, so you don't see what's going on under there. I always wonder, like, is it all tentacle down there? They, there is a little bit. I'm not going to spoil the game, but you do get to see Octodad in his birthday suit. And it okay. is all leg. It's all <laughs> leg. Of course. And his arms uh, are super stretchy, too, aren't they? I believe so. Ugh. You can also do this thing where your feet plant and your body, like, outstretches super far, so you're basically horizontal but still standing. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I think the character models, they are effective. They're nothing groundbreaking, as I was saying. Like, the family's obviously uh, middle, not even middle-aged. What do you call, like, 30s? Probably 30s, maybe low 40s wife who works for a newspaper. The kids are obviously effectively designed kids. You can tell one's older than the other's. The NPCs are fine. They're just regular people. My favorite design, though, is the chef, who we haven't mentioned yet. I guess you could call him the game's main antagonist, and I love his design. Oh my gosh, I just remembered the chef. He wants to turn you into sushi, doesn't he? 
or, yes, or he doesn't like you for you're you're an octopus, and he doesn't like that. <laughs> yeah, chefs are known haters of octopuses. He's a speciesist pos, if you ask me. But he's got like he skips leg day. He's all upper body. <laughs> and the origin story, some of the lore. If you don't want any kind of spoilers, why are you listening to this? But <laughs> here's the octo dad. Lore. I'm not gonna spoil spoil the whole story. But there's a flashback in this game where you see he used to work on a military ship, and I'm like, yeah, I get that vibe. But he's got a weird accent. It's I don't know exactly what it is, but very rigid base. It looks it looks cool, <laughs> and I love his little chef's hat. That's like just straight up. What do you call it? The straight up chef's hat, not the poopy one at the top. Oh, I don't know. I don't know the name for it. I don't know names of hats. I'm bad <laughs> at that. I know baseball cap, Yankees logo. <laughs> but yeah, the the models are fine. As far as the actual um. Or was something else I want to talk about? I want to talk about the audio. Have you heard the theme song recently? Do you remember oh. the theme song? Oh my god, it but got stuck in my head. Octodad, and nobody suspects a thing. Oh, that was great. <laughs> That's <laughs> what it sounds that. like. Did that jog any memory at all, or are you? That didn't, no, to be honest. <laughs> but I, I'm glad I heard you sing that. Okay, uh, seriously, okay, so the theme song, well, I, well, I personally think it's a banger, I think it is also forgettable, as evident by my good friend Cody here. As, <laughs> I'm gonna, two more things I want to talk about with the audio design, the sound effects, I think that they are really fun. Whenever you fill up your meter of raising suspicion amongst people, there's a little, like, splatting sound effect that's really nice. I love a good splat, personally underused yeah. sound effect in comic books not that i read those but there's also a lot of good like octopus noises and stuff like that i think it's really good good sound effects also there's voice acting and the voice acting's kind of i mean it's fine voice acting but i don't think it's necessary <laughs> like yeah, the chef is very well delivered yeah if it's well delivered definitely and octodad has lines like most... octo yeah Octodad's lines are just Oh, I like that though. That's good. And the subtitles just say blur 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 The light okay. reflecting on my glasses. I, I have these new glasses, right? When I look <laughs> at my my camera, the light from the computer makes me look like an anime character. Like lights covering up my eyes, you know? My glasses are only glare. Kind of one more thing I want to talk, two more things I want to talk about, actually, and then we can kind of put a tie on this. I learned how to tie a tie again this weekend, this past weekend. That was fun. He did. He he tied his own tie for the wedding. So our man Rusty here is a true man, I think. <laughs> Couldn't figure out the cufflinks, though. That was tough. But one thing I did want to talk about is kind of the de design philosophy. The developers for this game, I commend them. They did a good job on making a good game that is fun, despite it being janky on purpose and frustrating at times. It's not frustration tactics like mobile games, so it's okay. Do you think that they designed the game that they wanted to design, or do you think that they had to make a bunch of sacrifices like you sometimes hear indie devs having to make? I don't know. That would part. Of, I think part of that would be a question only they could answer in terms of content in the game. In terms of how it controls... Uh, it feels to me like a pretty fully realized vision. 
Like they, they wanted, they had this in mind that each tentacle or each pair of tentacles, you know, gets a different button and that you have to navigate between each tentacle to, to make things happen. Uh, I think it doesn't feel like they made any compromises there. It, it seems like the, um, they were, they were able to hit the target. I agree with you there. I think they did the Nintendo thing of putting the gameplay first and yeah. kind of not necessarily the story and levels afterwards, but the story and levels next. <laughs> yeah, the, the the challenges in each level are designed around the the difficulty of the controls, and that's the whole purpose. You know, I don't think yeah. there's there's never a moment where it feels like the controls were sacrificed in order to do any part of the game. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> One thing I will say, though, is I know that they also have to strike a balance between how much and how little game do you actually want to put in this game. Because controls like this, they can get old fast, and you don't want to overstay your welcome in that sense. But at the same time, you don't want to under-deliver under -deliver on an experience. And with it only being like, I guess you could say probably like five or six, maybe seven, eight, I don't know, a handful of levels... Do you think that they would have liked to have put more? Or do you think that if you were the developer of this game, do you think that's a happy balance right there for a $10, $15 indie game? For for a $10 to $15 indie game, I think three levels is pretty good. There's definitely a point where you don't want to um, just keep adding levels for the sake of more content. But if this were a, you know, if they were to, is there a second Octodad? There is. If they this were... is the second Octodad. <laughs> oh, this one is the second one. Yeah. Oh, shoot. The first one is just Octodad. Now we have Octodad, deadliest catch. <laughs> Man, that tells you, that shows you how not with it I am right now. Um, if, the, if they had the full budget of like a triple A studio and they had all the time in the world to make this game, I would have loved to see like nine levels. Just never ending Octodad. Triple the playtime. I think i burned through it in about three and a half maybe four hours it wasn't anything too crazy i did it on a couch one saturday morning on yeah, a so couch then... not not my couch just a couch but i think that it pads out really well because while there isn't a lot in the way of levels i think they do again i'm not trying to say that there's not enough content in the main story they pad it out with some nice collectibles and the way they do this is they put like challenges which are kind of like your playstation xbox trophies you gotta do this without doing this it's like it's a lot of good stuff like that. One thing I can remember is you're in this grocery store and you have to get something that somebody else puts in their cart right when they see it. And one of the challenges is get it without being seen. Because you can just walk up to this lady's cart and take it out and she's going to yell at you and you can just go on with your day. Yeah. But if you can do it without getting seen, that's like, you did the challenge. Good job. And another thing that they did is they hid ties all over the world which is why i said ties it together see see what i did there hey. earlier and there's i think there's like 30 ties hidden throughout these world like two or three in every level and it's a lot of stuff where you can either see it and not know how to get it or not see it and stumble into it if you're exploring and i think that that's a really good way to pad out this game for people who are looking for more content what are your thoughts on that i think it's great i, I i've seen seen games and i'm sure there's a good video about this somewhere out there there are games that add padding and collectibles not appropriate it's just not fun uh honestly i think koroks are an example of that where it's there's so many of them I, I get that they did a bunch so that you're likely to find them as you just play but because there's so many if you're a completionist it's just not fun <laughs> 
Breath of the Wild's not fun for completionist. Uh, but then yeah. there's other games, I think like Octodad, where they have these collectibles that are somewhat reasonable to, to get all of them, especially if it's uh, geared towards players who really like the game and just want to dive into it. Short Hike did a good job with that, too. If you wanted mm-hmm. to 100% the, the game a Short Hike, then that was super reasonable. It just took a little... I like when games do that. I I think it's fun when a developer can find opportunities to extend your gameplay for players who really like the game. Yeah, I, I that's very eloquently said. I appreciate that. Do you think that they could have done anything a little differently in the sense of maybe adding, I don't know, different suits or hats or other collectibles as well? Or do you think that they kind of... You get your achievements, you get your ties, and that's kind of all you need. I mean, again, it is a $15 indie game. I'm not expecting to get yeah. 20, 30, 40 hours out of it. I like collectibles. at the same time. If, um, I don't like too many collectibles to where you can't keep track of them, but if there were ties and then like little trophies, that could be fun. <laughs> uh, were the ties, <laughs> would you find them in hard-to-reach places? Like, part of the challenge is just getting to them? Yeah, one of the first ones I remember is in the backyard in the first level, and it's on top of the shed. And there is no clear way to get on top of the shed. What I, oh, excuse me, what I found myself doing is stacking up a bunch of like basketball, soccer balls, and footballs, and trying to just quickly, basically stand on them before they fall over, and then get up. And <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I'm sure that there's a better way. The developers like, no, you can just do this, but. I made it work, and I think it's one of those things that Breath of the Wild does very well, where it lets you solve a puzzle in your own way, because there's no one set way to solve a problem, yeah. and I, I think that's really well done. I love. There are also some where it's you have to platform to this really hidden stretch, and then at the end there's a tie. Oh, nice. I, I love problem solving in games, especially when it's, uh, when it's not, there's one solution, but they've just given you the tools to solve it. Uh, I always think exactly. that's really cool. Like, Wind Waker will always have a special place in my heart. In my heart, I'm sure yours as well. <laughs> but at the same time, I like being able to have multiple solutions to the same problem. Because that's how life works. It's not, yeah, you're going to have to do it exactly like this to make it work. Yeah, I feel like... Do it um, different ways and reach the same result. I feel like that's a big difference we see in older games and the games nowadays, right? This is, this is a bit of a tangent. This is talking about you know, games in general. Uh, I think newer games have have more of that focus on emergent gameplay where they'll put in physics systems so that you know trying to reach any kind of task or goal is more up to you and you have all these options of what you can do and real gameplay and challenge is coming up with your own way of reaching your goal whereas older games like uh like Wind Waker I think they were always kind of on a track you know and it was more of a ride where there were challenging points where you had to, um, you know, you needed your elite gamer skills to be able to, to dodge stuff, hit things the right way, uh, do some platforming. But it was always pretty tightly controlled in terms of what you can do and what the right solution is. Here's a, here's a better simplified version of it. Uh, games used to tell you what you needed to do and the challenge was doing it. Now, games tell you what you need to do no, no. Now games. <laughs> you almost just said the same exact thing. Now the challenge is, is you know they what to you do, but result. you need to figure out how to do it. Games used to yes. tell you how to do it, and it was up to you to just do it. Now it's, okay, how are you going to do this? Figure that out. 
Yeah, and I like the way you said this with like the physics engine and trying to solve your own problems. Another way they do that is by incentivizing people to enjoy it more is with a speed run timer. They put it into where it's like you can try to best your own times, yeah. and that's really cool. But I want to talk about the actual engines they use because I did a little bit of research because I care about you guys. Uh, the, 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 what did I write? For this game, they used a couple different engines and kind of made them all do it and had a now that's something fascinating. come out of it. I don't know how to say this if you pull up the sheet. I don't know if this is a well-known engine. Uh, it looks like it's Earlick. Earlicked? <laughs> Earlicked. And then they also use the Fizz X and uh, I, don't, I think F mods for something else. But basically, huh. they used those three engines and made them all kind of work together. And I think that they made a really good product with it, and that's really cool. It'd be fun to look under the hood and see if this was like an elegant coding solution where they managed to get these to work together or if it's just like held together by uh, virtual duct tape. Is it a code bullet video or is it a Nintendo game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love uh, code bullet. Code bullet. It's so out. funny. Great channel. That's so funny. Do you have anything else to say about Octodad, or you think this episode's <laughs> overstayed its welcome? I think I've already said more than I had to say about Octodad. Good to hear. Yeah, <laughs> probably same, honestly. If you guys listen to this all the way through, thank you very much. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at AnalogSticks underscore if the platform hasn't exploded yet. Um, and you can let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what you want to change. We are your content monkeys, and we will yeah. do whatever you say. <laughs> yes, yell at us until we do what you want us to do. We are, this is a rare opportunity, guys. This is the chance for you to be like, you know, I've always wanted to hear or see this. You can hear or see that now. Just tell us. Yeah, I have, if you're coming from the Zelda video, I saw a few comments out there that said, like, how are you guys not way more subscribers? This is your chance to impact the content while we don't have a lot of subscribers. Because the ships are going, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> thank you all very much for listening. We appreciate your time spent with us. And hopefully, maybe, we'll see you next week. One of us, at least. Maybe. I'm not sure. Thank you very much for listening. I'm talking all over myself. For myself, Rusty Nails, and my good friend, Cody. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.